Pastor Mukai and I have a, a relationship we call it a, a mentoring relationship where we call each other upward. And, uh, and it's so, I appreciate that so much because I know that we are called in this life to walk with other people. And, you know, it's, for one thing, it's, not, it's no, no fun doing it alone. Uh, it's, uh, it's much better to, to do it in, in community. And you know what? We, when we get together, God does something. He works and he moves, and, and it's a powerful thing. I, um, uh, I know you're doing a series today, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to preaching here in a minute, but I want to uh, make a couple of comments before, before I start. Um, I was here uh, a couple weeks ago for your grand opening, and uh, the, the, the little guy with the red hair, you know, and the, is that guy a preacher or what, you know? That was, uh, that was a great word, and, and, um, and you know, the, it was just such a beautiful thing to see God working and moving here in, uh, in the community in Niles. And uh, God is doing some great things here, and doing great things in and through the body of Relevant Church. God's called you here for a reason. And, uh, and this is a great place to be. This is a great group of people to, to be in community with and to be in fellowship with. And God has got great things for, uh, you know, for you individually and personally, but he's also got great things for your community. Um, uh, uh, I wanna, uh, I'm thankful that uh, I'm here today with my lovely wife, Eileen. Can you wave, honey? Uh, this is, uh, that's right. And and, uh, in our house, we call her Eileen the Queen. So uh, she and uh, which which she is, and we we uh, Eileen and I have been married for for thirty eight years in August. Yeah, it'll be. She gets a special award for uh, for that, which is a wonderful thing. That we um, we do some marriage ministries uh, in uh, Benton Harbor. Uh, Pastor Muta and I got acquainted uh, several years ago at Overflow Church when, when Pastor Muta was one of our pastors at Overflow. And, uh, and then we got acquainted. We built a friendship. And, um, and we've had a lot of time to, to talk together and, and uh, do life together. But as I was mentioning, you know, this whole idea of community and, uh, and mentoring is so important. Um, you know, w- with your pastor modeling that uh, in his personal life, uh, it's it's also important to to know that hey you know what this world doesn't doesn't make that happen just naturally um, you know most men most men do not have one person let alone two people or three people that that know all about them you know you know what I'm saying okay that know you're the good the bad and the ugly okay. Um, now, women are a little better at that than men, <laughs> okay, for whatever reason. Maybe God uh, gave them a little impartation of wisdom, you know. Uh, the, uh, um, but, uh, you know, men really struggle with that. And so your pastor consciously and intentionally living that out in his life and relationship with people like me, and, uh, and he is also in, in relationship with many other people. I know that... Uh, you know, last week, uh, Pastor Muta and and, uh, and Pastor Christine were with another couple uh, that uh, that they had met at Overflow Church. Uh, uh, Jay Scott and Jasmine uh, Samarco, who are out in uh, 
North Carolina, where they brought Pastor Mutau to be a part of a, a conference there, which is an amazing thing. So uh, uh, here you got Niles. Uh, it's, it's gone nationally already, okay? You've you got your pastor going around the country uh, sharing the good news of Jesus in, in a powerful way. And, uh, and that's a beautiful thing. Well, about a month ago or so, uh, your leadership team came to our house and, uh, and did a little, uh, we, you know, I, I love to cook omelets and that kind of thing for breakfast. So uh, um, if you come over to my house early in the morning, uh, I will gladly make you a killer omelet. And, and, I've, devel- and I've developed many, many different uh, uh, methods of doing that, okay? And, uh, and I keep improving it every, um, every, with every omelet. In fact, uh, we <laughs> I says, get to preaching, okay? You get, a, get, you get at it. This is why we bring our wives with us. We, uh, anyway, uh, but your team came, and, uh, and we had a wonderful time together. They spent the day. They ordered pizza in for lunch and that kind of thing. They did all their business, and, uh, and then they, you know, they came back to Niles. But um, they just needed to get out of town for a little bit. But anyway, last week, we get a, a nice gift card from you from your church so and I just want to say you guys are too nice and and that's too good we uh, thank you and Eileen and I appreciate that and your leadership team is just a joy to hang out with you and uh, have young people in our home uh, hanging out with us is is a is a is a bonus and payment enough but uh, thanks for the gift card is really nice so thanks let's let's get into the word of God this morning I know that you're doing a series on Galatians, and, uh, and we're going to do Galatians 3, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 14, and uh, so let's dive into that, but let's pray a minute before we do, okay? Father God, we come to you in the mighty and in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for Jesus. We just thank you that, Jesus, that you became a man that you came and lived among us, that you showed us how to live. You, you modeled for us this whole idea of mentorship. You know, you spent three years with 12 men in really close community intentionally preparing them for a mission in this world to change the course of history of mankind. Father, not for just the time in this world, but for all of eternity. We praise you for that. We thank you for that. Thank you for your word. We pray that you'll just bless your word to our ears, to our our minds, but most of all to our hearts. We pray that uh, we will be good soil for the truth of the gospel this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay. Um, Okay. Back up under light seven. Where's light seven? Oh, right here. Okay. All right. Good. There. <laughs> I've got. I'm just. Uh, technology and me are like we we uh, have a, a relationship that's developing over time, and uh, <laughs> technology is is winning at this point. Uh, but it's it's a great thing. The if you could bring up that first slide, I want to start with. Uh, we're going to go through, and this is, I just want to give explanation. This is a, a Bible I got this year as a gift, and um, so uh, it's kind of big. And, uh, and it's, uh, so I don't know, I'm just trying it out as my preaching Bible uh, this morning on you guys. And, 
we'll see how it works, but it's a great study Bible. It's the ESV study Bible, and you guys, um, I know, pass out the ESV Bible. By the way, if anybody needs a Bible, I know that uh, just raise your hand and someone will bring you one, and uh, then they'll have it for you, okay? But uh, we're, going to, we're, going to, we're going to read uh, Galatians 1, uh, or Galatians 3, verses 1 through uh, 14, okay? It says this, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that, Christ, that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? <clears throat> are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you all the nations will be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Um, you know, we've got, if you've got uh, a little handout, and it says on the top of that handout, faith, spirit, righteousness, and blessing. You know what this, is what, this is what this whole thing of faith is about. It's about, you know, us receiving the Holy Spirit. God making us righteous. And then us leaving a blessing in the world. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's God's plan. But it, it, it really, it, it works through faith. Now we have in our minds something else, okay? Our minds tell us and our bodies tell us that, hey, you know what? I have to do something. I have to behave well. I have to, I have to do certain things in order to, to leave a blessing. And, you know, many of those things that we want to do are good things. But... God has a better way. He has a better way. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Because when, you know, you start this, this, this scripture here, the first verse says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You know, in other words, you guys, he's saying, hey, you know, the Galatian church, he's talking to the church in, in Galatia, he's saying, you guys are off base here. You know, you are going the wrong direction. You think you're going the right direction, but you're going the wrong direction. You're going, you're following the flesh. You're following the mind. And what God wants for you is to follow the spirit. So let's go on here a minute, okay? And when he's talking about following the flesh and following the mind, he's talking about following the rules or the law, the works of the law. So starting at verse 10 says this, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. 
Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So what, God, what, uh, what the Apostle Paul is, uh, the point that he is making to the church in Galatia, and the point that he's trying to get across to the Galatians is that, you know, hey, you guys, you're wanting to go back to the law. So what's happening? So what is happening? What is going on here? All right? The Galatians, we got Galatians, we got a Gentile Christians deciding to try to be good enough for salvation through Christ, okay? So you've got a church that's, that's in Galatia that is not, that's not part of, of, uh, of Israel. It's not part of the, the Jewish, you know, people, okay? It's people like you and me that have come from a different culture, uh, that are that are being blessed by things that God did through the Jewish people, all right? And so Paul came, and he, he explained that very clearly to the church in Galatia. He explained to them that, hey, you know what? God started with the Jews back, way back in Exodus. And he, you know, he takes them from, you know, when, they, when, when God led them through Moses out of slavery in Egypt, brought them into the promised land, and gave them blessings and said, hey, you know, he, he, he told Abraham, he said, in you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. So when we start following Abraham's family line through the Bible, we see it leads right up to Jesus, okay? And, you know, the blessings that God wants to pour into the world, he's going to pour through Jesus, and he's from the, he's from the family line of Abraham. But Abraham had to cooperate in order to be a part of that, Okay? And the Bible says that Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Okay? So when he believed God, God started to work and move. Now, these Gentile Christians decided that, hey, you know what? Yeah, we came to faith in Jesus, you know, and, and we love this, this Jewish heritage. All right? But you know what? The Jews had a rule. And that rule was if you wanted to be part of the, the blessing and if you wanted to be part of the Jewish culture and if you wanted to become a Jew, all the males had to be circumcised, okay? And, and so the Galatians said, hey, you know what? When someone becomes a Christian, boy, we, we, better, we better do that. We better do that. Now, there's a little problem there, okay? <laughs> was it just men that became Christians? <laughs> no, it was men and women, okay? And circumcision was only for men. Now, that's a problem, <laughs> okay? But, you know, the bigger problem is this, is that, you know, that was a part of the rules or the law. So the Galatians had this in mind. They thought, hey, you know what? We believe that Jesus died. We believe that he rose again. We believe that he's the son of God. We believe that, you know, he gave us great directions for how we should live our life, and we're going to do that. But you know what? We better, we better go back, and we better embrace this little part of the law, and we better make sure that we, we, we dot every uh, I and cross every T, and we do things right, okay? We have to follow the rules, and this is one of the rules, okay? Now, that's a problem, 
okay? Because circumcision is under the covenant of the law. But when Jesus came and died for our sins, he brought in another covenant that meets all the, all the requirements of the old covenant. It meets all the requirements of the law, okay? Except for it's better. <laughs> it's a better plan. It's a better covenant, okay? Now, last week, Last week, you guys did uh, uh, Galatians chapter 2, okay? And I know that that was, uh, and there's a favorite scripture in there, all right? It's Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, the, 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 the key to the... Old Testament, and the key to the, the, the covenant of the law was circumcision. That's how you were identified to become a Jewish person, all right? Now, to become a Christian, we have another way of identifying ourselves, don't we? There's another, there's another, there's another physical act that we do that, uh, that identifies us with Christ, and that is the act of baptism, Okay? And there's a great scripture in uh, a little further on in uh, in Galatians chapter three, and that scripture is uh, it's in verse 27. All right, and it says this. It says, "I gotta adjust to this new Bible here." For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. All right. So you are baptized into Christ, you put on Christ, and it says this, there are neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, okay, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. So these, this promise that God made to Abraham when he started the Jewish nation and that promise, one of that promise was, he said, Abraham, whoever blesses you, I'm going to bless. Whoever curses you, I'm going to curse. I'm going to make your name great. And through you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Okay? That means every people, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Now, I work with fifth and sixth graders on, on Wednesday afternoons. And, uh, and I asked them, I said, hey, does that mean that God wants to save people in Russia? And they said, yeah. Does that mean that God wants to save people in China? He said, yeah. How about Africa? Yeah. How about South America? Yeah. How about Japan? Yeah. How about anywhere on this globe? Say it with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wants everyone to come to him. Okay? And he made a way for everyone to come to him through Jesus. All right? But we have a problem uh, as as human beings, okay, because we wanna we wanna embrace the covenant of the law, and God is calling us through faith to embrace the covenant of Jesus. So when we get baptized in Jesus, you know, we die to our old life, and we raise again to our new life. That's the thing of baptism. All right, can I get a um, somebody here? I need a young athletic person who's got good knees. You got good. Can you come up here, honey? Come up here by me. All right. 
You and I are going to get baptized together today here for everybody. All right. Now, let's, this is it. And I, just follow my lead, okay? Now, this scripture, Galatians 2.20, think about this, okay? I have been crucified with Christ, okay? So if I'm crucified with Christ, I die with him, right? And that's like going under the water. So we're going to go down under the water. You ready? We're going to go down under the water, okay? So the water is over. So we have died. Okay, okay, so it is no longer I who live. What happened to Jesus after he died? He rose again. We're going to celebrate that in a couple weeks, you guys, okay? He rose again, okay? So it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So it's no longer this old man. You remember Jesus when he was preaching and he talked to Nicodemus? He told him you have to be born again. All right? That meant that you have to die to your old self and rise up to your new self. Now, the old self tells me I got to keep the rules. What's your name, honey? Isabella. Isabel, give me five. Good. That was a great job. Thank you. You're good. <laughs> that was nice. Okay, the old, the old plan tells me i got to keep the rules in order to be right with God, okay? i got to do, i got to follow, you know, this law in order to be right with God, okay? It's kind of like God's got this big scale out there. He puts all the good things you do on one side and all the bad things you do on the other side. If the good things outweigh the bad things, what happens? You get to go to heaven, all right? You know. Come on, you guys. You're with me, aren't you? Don't tell me you don't think that or you haven't thought that or we don't, you know, that's not our mind thinking. That's the flesh, okay? That's the way we think, okay? And we think that if the, if the bad things outweigh the good things, where do we go? We don't want to go there, right? <laughs> that's right, okay? So we have to understand why the, the laws and rules why don't they work? Why don't they work? Now, you remember, there was a story that Jesus told about, uh, um, it was, it's not a story, it's a story that is told in the Gospel of Mark about a man that came to Jesus. We call him the rich young ruler, okay? Um, I do a little radio show, and, uh, and I do these uh, little ads, you know, for it, uh, to kind of grease the skids for it. And I use some little Bible stories about it, but I want to read you the script from one of them, okay? And this script is about Hans, all right? It says, Hans was one of those guys that did everything right, okay? Seemed like all he touched turned to gold. He was a respected community leader. He was a faithful husband, father, and son. He was honest in business. He was unbelievably wealthy. But deep inside, he knew that something was missing. Now, there's a story about a man like Hans found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. He approached Jesus and he asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Sell what you have, give to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Unfortunately, Hans's money... And his ideas got in between him and Jesus and eternal life. Now, 
If you've got a Bible, turn with me to, to Mark chapter 10. All right? To Mark chapter 10. Starting at verse 17, I want to read you that story. It says, And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around at his disciples and he said, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished astonished, and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. All right, now let's think about this story, okay? This is an amazing story in that you have this guy come to Jesus, and he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now there's an assumption there already, isn't there? There's an assumption that you got to be good. (laughs) <laughs> that good is good. I mean, and hey, you know, is good good? Does God want you to be good? Does he want you to behave? Does he want you to be nice to people? Does he want you to be generous? Does he want you to be faithful in your relationships? He wants that, doesn't he? That's a, that's a good thing. But you know what? You know, no one is good but God alone. <laughs> God is the only one that is really good. Now, when we start taking and looking at all those things, all right? Let's think about that, all right? Let's think about the commandments. He says, do not kill. Okay, anybody here killed anybody this week? All right, you're good on that one, okay? Do not commit adultery. I'm not going to ask that, okay? Okay, do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother, okay? So we start going down through those rules. Now, if you're going to be honest, and I'm going to be honest, I don't do so good on all of those rules, okay? I might have messed up on one of those rules at some point in my life. Do you think? All right. I might have been a little rude with my parents at some time. Anybody? Can I get a witness? No, I don't know. All right. All right. I I was a teenager. I raised teenagers. Okay. Hey, but you know what? None of us can be good enough. You know, we can't, we can't keep all the rules. God knew that. He knows that. He knows we can't keep all the rules. You know, and you know what? God doesn't need you to keep all the rules. But sometimes, sometimes I think that, you know, God wants me to give money. Now, does God want you to give money to good works like Relevant Church? 
Say yes. Say amen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> say amen. God wants you to share your resources with good works like Relevant Church. God wants you to help people who are in need, which your church is very good at doing, and I love that about Relevant Church. Okay? God wants that, and it's a good thing. But does he want your money? He doesn't want your money. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. God has all the money, and it all belongs to him anyway. He doesn't really want your money. Okay? But sometimes I think God wants me to do something really great. God wants me to become an important person, okay? God wants me to be president or something like that, okay? But God wants me to have a position of prestige and honor, okay? And then, hey, then I'm going to be pleasing to God. Is God impressed by my position in society? No, he's not. He's not. He's not impressed by that, okay? What does God want from me? This is what God wants. God wants me to be totally trusting in him. He wants me to trust him totally. This story about the rich young ruler, you know, is as much as, I mean, and it is about money because that's one of the biggest things that gets in between us and God, okay? One of the big things that gets in between me and God is that I say, God, you know, I want to keep my money, <laughs> okay? I don't, I'm not sure you know, that I can trust you to take care of all my needs. If I gave away everything I had, I'm not sure that you'd take care of me, okay? That's one of the things that, that's hard for us as human beings to part with because we see money as an avenue to, you know, health care, to a roof over our head, to toys, to everything, you know, and we like all that stuff. And God says, that stuff's good. I want you to have that. I want you to have health care. I want you to have a roof over your head. I want you to have clothes to wear. I want you to eat. I want all that, okay? But are you willing to trust me for that? That's what God wants to know. And he wanted to know that, that uh, he wanted the rich young ruler to know that he can and will meet every need. Now, do you think God can meet every need? He can. He can. He wants us to know that. He wants us to understand that. God wants us to come and he wants to come and live with me through faith in Jesus. Now, how does God come and live with me through faith in Jesus? What happens when I give my life to Christ? When I give my life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in me. Now, do you know what? When Eli, is it Eli, Elia? Isabel, sorry. When Isabel and I were here and we went under the water, okay, we died to the old self. Okay, when we died to the old self, the Holy Spirit came within us. That's how Jesus was resurrected from the dead, okay? The Spirit of God raised him up. The Holy Spirit comes within us and raises us up to a new life. So the Holy Spirit comes and lives in me. Now, when the Apostle Paul went to the Christians in Galatia, before they were Christians, they had some needs, and there were things that were going on. Do you remember when Jesus went around Galilee? He was doing some things that were pretty impressive. You know, for instance, the man with leprosy came up to him and said, you know, can you heal me? And Jesus says, I will. They weren't allowed to touch lepers. Jesus reaches over to him, I will. He heals him just like that. Jesus goes into the synagogue 
and a guy goes crazy in there, had a demon. Jesus says to the demon, leave him right now. The guy screams, and the demon leaves, okay? And Jesus did all kinds of things like that. Jesus was with 4,000 people. He was with 5,000 people. They didn't have any food. He took, you know, five loaves and two fishes, and he fed them all, okay? Can God do those kind of miraculous things? He did them through the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that did those miraculous things. And God wants to come and live in you and in me so that we ask God to do the impossible. We ask God to break in to that relationship in my family that has been messed up and, is, and that we've never been able to resolve. God asked me to, to believe in him that he can resolve that and he can reconcile that relationship. You know, Jesus came to reconcile all things. He reconciled us with the Father, but to reconcile us with one another. That's what Jesus is all about. You know, do you think Jesus can do miraculous things in, in your life when you need a miracle? He can. He can. How about if you pray for somebody? Can he do a miraculous thing? You know what? I've got, that's talking to you about the fifth and sixth graders. My, and, and we're talking about, you know, we, 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 rem, we have to remember that in the flesh, these bodies are wasting away, okay? They will not last, okay? Now, I see these lovely young people here, you know, strong, agile, mobile, you know. Hey, that's a wonderful thing, and I was that way once, all right? <laughs> I'm not so much anymore. But, hey, you know, my dad is 85 years old, okay? He's been, he's, he's been, like, he's, he's been like a strong man all his life, but he got cancer, okay? And it's, and it's knocked him down. But these fifth and sixth graders that I see every Wednesday, they heard that my dad had cancer. You know what they started doing? They started praying for him every week. And they pray for a miracle. They pray that God's going to take that cancer out of my dad's that tumor off from his ear. And, and he's going to heal him. And you know what? And he's going through radiation and all that kind of thing. But he is getting better. <laughs> and you know what? God works and moves because we ask him to, and the Holy Spirit will do miraculous things because the power of Jesus. Jesus has authority over everything. All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. That means that he can heal. That means that he can resolve financial issues. That means that he can break into relationships. That means that he can do anything that needs to be done. If somebody is confused, if somebody is tormented, he can release them from that and heal them from that. God is the God of peace and blessing and love. That is who he is. And that's how he operates. And he wants, he wants us to have faith in Jesus and to trust God. Okay, he wants my heart. He wants my heart. So what happens when we have faith in Jesus and trust in God? We become like Abraham, who believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. If you're taking notes, you probably notice we're following the, following the blank thing here. Okay. Anyway, we believe God, just like Abraham. Abraham believed God. You know, God told Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. And Abraham, at that time, I think was about 60 years old. He's about my age, believe it or not. He was about 60 years old, and, and Abraham and his wife Sarah had no children, okay? And he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. And Abraham said, how, how, can I, how can that happen, you know? 
And Abraham was not a perfect man, but he believed God. He believed that God would work and move, and he did. God, when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90, God gave them a son, and Isaac was born, okay? He believed God. Now, did, did Abraham do everything right? No, he didn't. Abraham gave his wife away two or three times. I'd try that, man, and I would be like... <laughs> My wife's probably not as tolerant as Sarah was, but that's a good thing right? in, in this life, in this world. But you know what? You know, he, he tried to, he said, hey, you know, it doesn't look like this is happening with me and Sarah. How about Hagar, you know? And yeah, he had Ishmael, and Ishmael, you know, made a great nation out of Israel, Ishmael. But God said, no, I told you that I'm going to give you and Sarah a son, and you believe me, and it's going to happen. And did it happen? It did happen. <laughs> it happened. It's a beautiful thing. So he believed it. But do you know what? That promise that God gave to Abraham, that through you all the families of the earth will be blessed, that means us, okay? Because anybody in here fully Jewish blood? I got a little bit in me, which I like to brag about, you know. It's a <laughs> but, hey, you know what? We're all Gentiles. We're all brought into the family. We're all brought into the family of Abraham. The blessing that God promised to Abraham that came through in Jesus is for each and every one of us and for everybody in the world who will believe and put their faith in Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. We understand that salvation is for everyone who will believe. We receive the Holy Spirit. Has anyone in here experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Oh, man, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? When the Spirit comes and fills you, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's like unbelievable. It's awesome. Okay? When we see God work miracles, when we believe that Jesus is real, we will see God work miracles. He will do amazing things. Now, there's something that we need to close on, and that is Jesus... Because we couldn't keep the law, Jesus kept it for us. Because we deserve the curse of the law, Jesus said, you know what? Yeah, I'm perfect, but I'm going to take the curse on myself. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says, He who knew no sin became sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus became sin so that we could become righteous. He became sin so that we could be reconciled to God the Father. It's an awesome thing and it's a beautiful thing. Now there's some obvious implications for this, okay? If you've never given your life to Jesus, today's the day. The Bible says that if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all you have to do. You just have to say, Jesus, I believe and I receive. I want to come into your family. All right? Now, maybe you're a Christian and you're thinking, you know what? Hey, I got to start following the rules. Is following the rules good? Yes, it's good. <laughs> it is good. But that's not how we get righteousness with God. We get it through Jesus. We give our life to Jesus. We trust in Jesus. You know what? I struggle with things. I struggle with my attitude. I struggle with the things I say sometimes. I struggle 
with, with this flesh. I want what I want. And God says, you know what? I'm calling you to lay down your life like Jesus laid down your life. I can't do it on my own, but I can through the Holy Spirit living in me. I can through the Spirit of God living in me. I can be a righteous man. I can be a good husband. I can be a good friend. I can be a man who can be trusted with anything and everything because of the Holy Spirit living within me. That's how it works. Not because I try so hard and because I keep the rules. It's because the Holy Spirit lives within me because I believe in Jesus. And I work from victory. I don't work for victory. The victory is already done. Jesus rose from the dead, and we're going to celebrate that. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty and in the precious name of Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. We pray that your word will be rich in us. 